Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is one of them chefy ones, isn't it? Yeah, I'm the fourth wheel at a table for the chefs. I'm just going to let them chef it out, to it's be honest. Not, you know what? But there are three Tom, chefs in me. Can I, can I say, one of the reasons that Tommy and Paul are two of my favourite chefs is they are the most non chefy people. They're just like really good dudes. That's what chefs always say about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a chef thing to say. Paul Ainsworth and Tommy Banks are coming to do the podcast together today, and I am very excited. Tommy Banks, yeah. they're both really successful chefs. We went to Paul Ainsworth's restaurant in, when we were in Cornwall. I also went up to Yorkshire to Tommy's place, the Black Swan at Olmstead. They have a similar beauty in the way that they deliver what they do. It's really like they're Michelin star chefs. It's very, you know, fancy pants, kind of high end in that way, but it feels so soulful. Yeah. Because they're such good people. And they built their um, businesses and their restaurants with their families. Um, yeah. Paul with his wife Emma and Tommy with his mum, his dad and his brother. And, and his wife Charlotte. And his wife Charlotte. So it's, uh, they're re- they, uh, they understand the family within hospitality, which we understand. All right. All right. Is that the real doorbell? Yeah, right. You've yeah, actually heard the real doorbell before. We're off to have a chef party. I'll get into the door first. Oh, I can't believe you came along. Hi, Tommy and Mikita. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Welcome to our table, Paul and Tommy. Thank you so much. It's delicious, Mikita. Oh, thank you. That is a very nice hot toddy. Shall I tell you what? made you to eat smoked chilli syrup blood orange chicken wings what the actual and then we've got curried onion and coconut seasoned rice with those crispy onions out the bag because they're yeah, the best they're, the best. they're yeah. just the best they they are. and then we've got some tostones which are like twice fried plantain you cook yeah. them and you splash them and you fry them again with a little bit of green seasoning and then we've got a chana dal we've got a cucumber relish and tamarind chutney Oh. And a oh little buttered ghee chicken broth. Help yourself. That's quite nice, Help isn't yourself. it? That's unbelievable. That's, That's really just nice. Just a, but you could just drink that. So much flavour. That's incredible. Mm. Is it? That is incredible. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm rolling my sleeves up for this walk. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a bib? (laughs) I mean, I always thought we should have a restaurant with bibs. Do you know what? (laughs) That is... That's blown me away. I've never had something like that. That is absolutely incredible. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited, Andy, right? Because you know when we do Great British Menu... And like obviously we spend a lot of time together and whenever there's any like Caribbean cooking or things that I don't know anything about, 
I'm always like, Andy, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and then, and I'm then, like, it's cassava, Tom. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't panic, it's just cassava. And, and you're like, I'll tell you if it's any good or not. <laughs> and you usually say, this isn't this, what it is supposed to be. It's not supposed right. to be. Because they, right. try, they try and slip a few things by and, us. And then she says, you come around my house and I'll cook you. I'll show you some shit. Yeah. Right, so this is you showing so me some shit. I'll yeah, show you some it. shit. Okay, babies. as chefs, do yeah. you get cooked for often or ever? Yeah, so Emma does, Emma does pretty much all the cooking at home uh, and I'll be really honest that I like to do the stuff that like gives you that like adrenaline <laughs> Very Wednesday midweek tea doesn't <laughs> quite so do, doesn't do it for me, so but Christmas day yeah, yeah. I'm your man every pot every pan like oh the whole God. spread like all the, the ovens like old fashioned dad yes is that what yeah, you're like, like what just, a nightmare yeah and like organised chaos oh, yeah in your head <laughs> yeah everybody else is shit everywhere yeah. but, it's so then, much more messy at home though isn't it yeah and then you get from your wife but you wouldn't do that at work and you're like well yeah, well, yeah but I'm not yeah. at work now I'm at home and you get all the chaos and there's a yeah. little blood orange radish pickle here as well I forgot about that bit yes and yeah. then I'm summertime obsessed. like the kind of like oh, Emma's family's real like she's got a real big family so when all the family come down I don't know I, like this you know when you're just putting bowls and yes. plates and pots and everyone's getting stuck in grilling all this the meats and that, I love it but you actually have built your business with your wife you yes. do it together yeah okay yeah. well you both do have family businesses yeah. don't I mean, you yours is yours is the oh, very essence it's got the, uh, yeah. all the generations but they weren't actually chefs but they did buy their local pub and they yeah. ran a B&B as well. Yeah, so mum and dad ran the bed and breakfast. By the way, growing up in a bed and breakfast, terrible. Is it? You've got to be quiet all the time, haven't you? What made you go, let me get involved and oh, let me... I had no interest. I mean, I'm sure if you ask Paul, he probably grew up wanting to cook, but I had no interest whatsoever. I wanted to be a professional cricketer. I love that. And like, I just washed up in the pub, carried out a few plates, maybe glazed a creme brulee, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to be away as far as possible. I got ill, I had this illness called ulcerative colitis when I was like 18. That stopped me from being able to play sport. And then- Oh, that's a heartbreaking. Yeah, so that was me done. So then I was like, well, what the hell am I gonna do? And it was that sort of time when like Gordon was first on the TV and stuff. And like you sort of, because being a celebrity chef was like quite fashionable. And it looked exciting. Yeah, and so I just got stuck in. He's gone with it. Funny you said it, but kind of similar story to Gordon with, you know, that injury, playing football. Oh yeah, he used to play football. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah like, 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 um, on the first team for Rangers and then See? got a really bad knee what, injury. Who are the Rangers? The Scottish Scot mum, Jesus. <laughs> well, like, I'm not sure which Rangers. <laughs> I love that. Queens Park no, the, Rangers. The funny bit is, who are the Rangers? Who are the Rangers? Not even like, you know. Who are the Rangers? Me and our producer T yesterday were talking about the Arsenal game the other day and he was like, we've got to go together. My mum went, where, go where? We were like the football man. I was like, I'm not going to football. Why would I go going to, going football? to football? Anyway, it's probably because the same adrenaline in sport could be found in a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. There's that competitive thing, isn't there? Mm. But also, I just think it's something to throw yourself into. Like, getting an illness at a really young age. How old were you? I was just 18. Mm, and God. like, I had, a, I had a colostomy bag at the time oh and things like that. God. And I was sort of bedridden and all the sort of like things you want to do as a in your youth, like, was sort of taken away. So I think, yeah. like, for me, it was, like, quite angry, really. And I just wanted to throw myself into something, and that was just a, 
a muse for for doing it really. and it's quite i mean it's quite a punishing thing to throw yourself into it's so all-consuming you can't do cooking a bit no but when you're in that mindset though i think it gives you a good outlet because you can work all the hours and you can yeah. be a bit of a sadomasochist and it like works and you can be which is very unhealthy and terrible but yeah, but it was the right thing for that time of life because thank you for being so honest chefs are bonkers I think like to go, to want that kind of craziness around them all oh, the time I don't want that anymore right oh, I'm far too old and chilled out for that now really? <laughs> Well, a little bit. Just little doses, right? <laughs> little flare-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Depends how many hot toddies you've had. Because me and Mum were saying, actually, because um, obviously we know a lot of chefs. I know a lot of chefs. Mum obviously knows every chef in the country. And it, uh, we were wondering about, like, kind of being young and, like, raving and, like, clubbing and all that. I feel like a lot of chefs miss that part of youth because if you are chefing you're and you're in the kitchen, that's not going to be part of your life. Because when we did the music... Um, Great British Menu won 50 yeah. years of British music I was just like if one more chef picks an Oasis song I'm going <laughs> to lose my fucking mind yeah I was like what is going on have you never, have you never left the house what is this shit <laughs> this was like Oasis Oasis and then and the Beatles. Went, what is Oasis <laughs> and I was like it's a long story it's a really long story it's probably quite accurate yeah Terrible. Well, you're always working when everyone else is out aren't you yeah. the kind of sort of music I loved and still love played really sort of well like well into the life as a chef so i when i was about 18 years old sort of just got really into house oh, first okay. ever album like boy george and pete tong album ah! and then that just then followed suit that when i moved to london when we were finishing it you know 12 1 in the morning mm. we were going to fabric pasha oh, so ministry of sound out. so all of that was open so that kind of music that life and then you know, and then, you know, the Holy Grail, um, when I was, that was 2003, went to Ibiza. So oh like that God. was just, was that style of music for me, and it still is, is like my absolute favorite so type you, of music. You so are, that- You are quite unusual. Yeah. Marcus Waring dropped like a few of us off to Pasha. Like it, Stop it. He, yeah, he, yeah, he dropped, he, he dropped, <laughs> a, he dropped us off, and you <laughs> could just, you could just tell he was almost like, I'd give anything to be going in there with you boys right now, because <laughs> we're like, we're just like now, days, off, you know. That I'd like to see. Yeah, because yeah, like back then, the, the, so Petrus was open Saturday night, but shut um, Sunday. It was a six day a week restaurant, so. So Petrus is where your career started. No, it actually started with the amazing late great Gary Rhodes. Oh. Um, in London and um, then in Southampton I worked at a couple of hotels going to college doing all of that and then I moved to London when I was 18 so you're the only classically trained chef at this table uh, yes yes I would say yeah yeah. well yeah. I'm certainly not am I uh, no. <laughs> right. did you not do any of that Tommy nothing no just, just on the job on the job, but on By the, the way, was Marcus wearing in like his full white chef's jacket? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just imagining like master chef we, style. To be fair, we were all hunched up in the back of his Porsche 911. <laughs> and we couldn't quite work it out. We were like, how much information you Absolutely, give? Like, what time do you think you'll get in there? No, I don't. We'll just go for a couple of hours, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So back then, the <laughs> culture that you came up in, yeah. in kitchen culture, is so different <coughs> yeah, to kitchen yeah. culture now. How do you reckon mm. it's changed like hugely? You know, we would work a 90 to 100 hour week, easy. You didn't bat an eyelid, it was you. What you did. That was what you did. You never thought about hours or anything like that. You you actually more thought about it, right, okay, this is the kitchen I want to be in. Right. And these are the hours that are required. Yeah. And If I want to stay here. Yeah, and my mindset was always, it was never, ever about money. It was, and, and also as well, to, it, it wasn't even about hours. Because when I joined Royal Hospital Road, you had Nico LaDennis on Park Lane with three Michelin stars, Marco Pierre White with three Michelin stars. So you had all of these incredible restaurants, yeah. but it was, you know, the one I wanted to go to was, I don't know, it was just something about, and Gordon actually wasn't, you know, Gordon wasn't known like Gordon like, now. Yeah, it was wasn't. just, but it was just something about there that I was like, I want to go work there. The thing that suffers for so many people is family. Yeah. yeah, and you guys have both got really strong families. Yeah, do, 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 is, do you think it's because you come from strong families? Yeah, exactly. Like Tom, I was born in a guest house. The family home was the business. So it's just second nature to actually. Yeah. It's very interesting because both I've stayed in both of your hotels. Oh right, yeah, and they are both like next level amazing oh, like, you did not I, shut up about Paul's I place I did not you shut up about your place I did not shut up about um, the Black Swan either it was amazing isn't, isn't the, that your grandma's old yeah. house not my grandma but like an old relative yeah, an yeah. old relative yeah. it's the most gorgeous house mm. these incredible rooms it's the detail mm. you even had hot chocolate Paul <laughs> She I got back me. from dinner she called me and there was like, a flask of hot chocolate and I was like oh, there's rum in that kitchen <laughs> <laughs> and I went and I got myself a little shot of rum and hot chocolate and I sat on the edge of the bed and my toes I swear to you curled up <laughs> can, I just, can I just tell you something that's really funny about what? that story I didn't know you did that what but there's that? already alcohol in the hot oh, chocolate no. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we put we put Frangelico in it <laughs> but I love the fact that you like, then added rum I to it. You know what this needs? Spot of rum. <laughs> Can't take your chances, can you? <laughs> but it was a really special experience coming to both of your places, actually. And what I, interests me about both of you as chefs, I mean, I love both of you and we're mates and we work together and all that. But actually, objectively, when I stand back, what's interesting about both of you is that you're really meticulous about what you do. The detail is incredibly important, but you're like really, there's a kind of duality. It's almost like an oxymoron. It's like you're really tough, really meticulous, but really gentle at the same time about what you do. And I think that's a really hard balance to strike. Are you, are you aware of it? Tommy, t- no, you tell me first. Maybe not in the terms that you said, but like it's such a team game that I think sometimes people like myself and Paul maybe get credit for things that are probably actually 
isn't my level of detail. It's probably someone else's. And I think the the thing is, you probably need like six or eight people in a core business that can actually have those characteristics. Who have who yeah. think like that. Um, and what about you, Paul? Do you is it conscious with you that bringing those two kind of worlds together and that kind of energy together is it a thing you think about? Yeah, it's definitely conscious um, for me because, like you all said earlier, I went for a different type of training. Yeah. And it was a very sort of, yeah, very sort of military-like intense type of training, which was incredible. And when I moved to Padstow, I think the thing for me was I was just very fortunate to meet an incredible mentor that showed me the the business side. But more so, when you say the word business, people automatically jump to the sort of the financial side of things, which is hugely important, but actually the people. Yeah. And that was a massive eye-opener for me that was, if we were going to build something fantastic, it actually wasn't going to be me. It was more my job to build the people and pass on that knowledge and pass on that nurturing and that guidance. And it's actually a bit like what Tommy's saying there about, you know, sometimes if we get the credit, it's actually the team, the people that yeah. build the businesses. Yeah. yeah, of course. I try to be as hands-on as I can in a culinary sense. And I spend as much time as I possibly can. Always at like you know at number six. In the kitchen, are you still but, doing development? And yeah, stuff? yeah, you know, de- you know, in terms of like the menu writing with Chris, as you, you know, you know really well. Chris so, McClurg. <clears throat> Chris McClurg. I judged Love. Chris on Great British Menu. Oh, yeah, I had the pleasure of eating his food. So yeah. It was good. Oh man, that boy can cook. Yeah, me and Chris have a, a conversation about dishes, food, menus every day. Yeah. When I moved to Padstow, there was four of us. Yeah. And there's now like 166 people wow. currently. Wow. You know, within a lot, the, you've got a group. A group, a few, few like operations. So you... Cut the cash. And, and it's, not, it's not like, oh, cool, how did it get here? You know, I wanted it to go in that way, but yeah. also to grow people. Yeah. You know, and Chris being a good example, the journey he's gone on and how he's kind of grown and he's matured and and there's so many people like that now in in the group is amazing. So, yeah, it's something that definitely conscious, but something that I've just embraced and loved and realized that everything that we do is absolutely reliant and about the people. That shows on the plates. It shows on the plates of, of the food in of both of your places, for sure. But also thinking about at Great British Menu, yeah. when it's one of your chefs that's there, I always know, I can tell, even because they have a culture where they nurture the other chefs around them, yeah, as well as doing the work that they do. How do you feel about the TV? Because you're both on it now quite a lot. And that was part of the plan? Yeah, I mean, for me, I can take it or leave it. Most things I say no to because it's just, it's not my bag. But if there's something that would really grab me, I'd be really into it. We always do GVM. I enjoy, well, see, I love it. It's great. You go down, spend a week with Andy, eat some delicious food. (laughs) Like, that's really good fun. Like, it's not really a chore. If there's a really good project come up, I would be all over it. But at the same time, I don't, I'm not desperate to do it. That's the best way to be. If you're chasing it, it, it's always slips through your fingers. If yeah. what you're focusing on is the art or the craft or the artistry and or the detail, the work or the service or sharing or what you're giving back, if you do that, then the other things will appear around it, yeah. I think. Yeah. What, what about you, Paul? What's it like for you? What was it like stepping out of the kitchen and then being on telly? Mine was, was not part of the plan. Uh, and funnily enough, the very first thing I ever did, 2011, was Great British Menu. Oh, it was the first thing? The phone call. First thing phone call sort of came through and you're like 
How scary? I was just, I was just <laughs> bowled over. Is it a scary movie? <clears throat> because yeah, because oh. you've got this. You've got up until that point, you're seeing all of the, you know, all of your peers and heroes and people you look up to doing this show year after year, yeah. and then you're getting the phone call. So that was unbelievable. Uh, it was good because you know had had some success on it. And then after that, the next gig Played was Saturday Kitchen. Had some success in it. Can you absolutely smash it? Absolutely <laughs> smashed it and made an unforgettable dessert that people are still talking about 10 yeah. years later. But uh, I'm just going to brush over that. Yeah. But yeah. The ne- and then the next thing after that, which was completely different, because GBM is, you feel like, right, right, yeah, they're, they're making a show and it's jeopardy. And it's like, you know, especially when, I, you know, I would make, you'd make mistakes and all the cameras oh, are on you and you're like... Oh my God, this is horrendous. Yeah. And then my first experience of Saturday Kitchen, my most fondest memory of this is Tom's just, Tom Kerridge is, you know, we're really good mates and Tom's been on it, you know, about sort of I don't know, a year before me. I rang him up, I was like, my God, I, they've, you know, they've asked me to go on Saturday Kitchen, you know, <laughs> with James Martin and it's, and it's live and all that. And he was like, Right, let me tell you, mate. Tom Cage in the room. He's like, it's live, and they count down from ten, and you're fucking shit yourself. <laughs> All I can remember in his head, and it's that, and this, and my name's James Martin, and this is Saturday Kitchen Live, and then that goes to the back, and then it goes ten, nine. That, well, you know, you presented it. I was just stood there frozen yeah and about 10 minutes before they said you know no swearing and and it was the week before i went on or sort of two weeks was when eric chavot was on there and was on the omelette challenge oh, and God, like just let out loads of f's oh. <laughs> and i don't know why that was like living up here rent free yeah, <laughs> like, gonna start swearing madly so i don't swear i know i can pull sentences together without <laughs> swearing but why is this just in my mind yeah. <laughs> sometimes the most inappropriate thing just won't leave yeah. your head yeah. 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 But, yeah. This is, but this is what I mean, right? Live yeah. TV. I've been doing it for a long time. So has my mother. That's like our actual job. To be a chef and then st- to experience that other thing. Like it's yeah. a really stressful it's, environment. It's an adrenaline yeah. thing. I love it. it. I live Cooking for it. Cooking yeah. live on telly. Yeah. It's horrendous. Yeah. It, I still find it fairly horrifying. Yeah. Mm. The other day, I tried. I made. I made um, fungi, which is like a. It's like a Caribbean. It's like an Antiguan polenta. Yeah. I made fungi a hundred thousand times. I turn it. I can do it. With my eyes shut. Literally, you talk to somebody, make the fungi, turn it like in the bowl like this, and it comes out perfect little bowl, little dome on the bowl. Could I get my fungi to turn? I was like, what the. Yeah. It was like stuck in the bottom of the bowl and I couldn't get it to turn. I was like to sweat. Oh. Like Rick Stein was there. Was like Rick. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the audience m- might not realise you've made a mistake, so don't alert them to it. True. So, like, whenever I make a mistake, I just pretend it never happened. I just keep going. I was going, oh, no! I yeah. did absolutely the opposite. But, Talked them through every every excruciating second of it. But it someone always tweets you and says, I don't know if you realise, but this oh, happened. That and you're like, yeah, I did know. So I love it when you talk to me about how you prepared for Great British Menu. Like, like it was like a military operation. Please tell people. Come on. <laughs> how old were you when you first did GVM? Oh, um, maybe 25. Okay. Like so you already had a mission to start? 
Yes. Okay. But I wouldn't wouldn't say anyone knew who I was though. I think Great British Menu was a good platform for that. Now I um at the time, so we we did have a mission star, but you, you've been up. You know how remote we are. It's, it's the middle yeah. of nowhere. We had a yeah. struggling business, and I kind of like knew that. That I'd seen Great British Radio, seen people like Paul on it, and I sort of knew that that is a platform that not many people get an opportunity on. So if I do well on that, that could really make our business work and make things go because we were like we were struggling, and so I just went, I have this thing that if you try your absolute hardest, probably no one else will try as hard, right. and then I might win. So I don't really think there's any talent. I think it's just sheer brute determination. mindedness So I like practice and practice and practice and practice everything. I brought down all my own equipment. I had like temperature probes and then like another temperature probe to double check the temperature of the temperature probe. <laughs> One thing after another. And then my final thing was like, I was just like, right, well, I need to make sure I get everything right. I need to make sure I sleep well. So I'm there. So I brought my own pillow from home. Oh, so Tommy. Yeah. But like, so I don't do all the effort. And then, but then it's really good fun. And you're there with all the other chefs and like, you get to know each other and make friends. So I had my own pillow with me, but I was going out having like 10 pints every night after <laughs> <Yeah>. two, <laughs> having the worst night's sleep ever. But like, at least I'd done the pre-prep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was good when Andy turned up. And then take this nice because Prue, like I think I don't know what, but I got her wrapped around my little finger. Like you, <laughs> you, you get you get the results at the end, and it'd be like Matthew eight, Oliver eight, Prue ten, like, yes, <laughs> Matthew five, Oliver six, Prue ten, like, yes. So I was just like, so long as I'm cooking for Prue, I'm, I'm in. I'll do this again because like Prue just gives me tens, and I rocked up, and I was like. Who's, Who's that? That? <laughs> that doesn't look like Prue. <laughs> Why isn't she smiling at me? <laughs> Why isn't she checking me out? Last year, um, I don't, I don't know how, but we went, we was away, we, like went away for the weekend. Like got a, like an Airbnb, and there was like. Like it was like a telly that's just got all these channels, and so it's not it's not free view. It was like it's like Samsung's oh, yeah, own thing. Ratukin, it's called. That's it. That's it. Is that what that is? But there was a there was a channel dedicated to reruns of oh, old school Great British Menu. Oh, I mean, God. old school, right? Oh, no, I've seen that in a hotel, so I, like Jenny Bond time. But, but and the mad thing, yeah, Jenny Bond yeah. time. But the mad thing is, I'm going through, and it's like. 2011 and there's like me and like John Hooker and Andre and I'm that. like it's like your year oh or something so then I like I just start watching it I start binge watching it on this and Emma's like really? <laughs> like, 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 like really? like this <laughs> anyway there was a chap from the north called Charlie and I don't know if you ever recalled seeing this one and I remember it and I bet, I bet now Charlie thinks did I really give Jason Averton a dog turd. Oh my god! Oh no, no! So he did a forest floor. He did a whipped like granddad, yes. and then he sprayed it Come like now. a dog turd. Come what, now. deliberately, yeah. like Come deliberately, now. and then brought it up. And you can see, Jet, and like the thing for me is, if I had been the veteran, <laughs> I would have been gagging because yeah, I would have yeah. been, even though it's food, I would have been thinking dog turd. Right? Obviously, and he, and so he wasn't trying to disguise it or anything. He, he, he was like, it you was know deliberate. what? The idea seemed brilliant, and, I, and like, like that, and he's there, and, he, and he's a real good character as well. He's a real good character. He was like, "Here you go," <laughs> <laughs> and he's giving him, he's giving Jason Amazon a dog shit. Oh my like, 
Yeah, well. gold. Just and I was watching. I was thinking. I bet he looks back at that now and thinks, "What, what was, was going I through my mind?" With yeah. things like that, I always think like they must have somebody in their support network. <laughs> to say who right. just goes, bad idea. "Don't make a dog shit." Don't on make telly. a dog yeah. shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's a very low bar, that isn't yeah. it? It's like what not to do. Don't make food that looks like dog shit. Actually, dog shit. Like to, I would, a like, dog I would like to ask what it is about Great British Menu that that chefs why they hold it in such high regard yeah, why, why it's something that all chefs want to be part of yeah the well, highest standard right Season one, two thousand and five, two thousand and six. You are an absolute great Richmond, uh, you nerd yeah. alert. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. It, so I'd sort of seen, you know, and you'd religiously watch it, and then, like I say, you know, I can remember exactly where I was when you got that call. Yeah. And then they sent a team down to come, and I had to sort of cook and talk to the camera and see right, if and I, see I could, if you could do I that. Because it's it's quite, it's quite actually quite hard yeah. to do. Though. And I know there's a bit of a theme running here, but we were just on the verge of um, buying um, Cafe Rajan. So I'd planned a bit of a trip, a bit of sort of like holiday and work. And we went over to Rome, Naples. You watched Great British Menu on No, no, but I got a phone call saying, Paul, we would like you to do it. And we just got there and like Em's was so excited and we're just about to go on holiday and I remember she was in the bar and she was talking to me like from the bar. And I'm just sat on the end of the hotel bed (laughs) and I am now in... What am I, what, yeah, what's yeah, my yeah. starter? Holidays what's my fish over course? in your head. What's my yeah. main course? What's my every meal we went out? I'm like, so I was thinking, and that's actually where I that is actually that it was that trip where I actually started talking Came about. I was like, imagine you did this sort of like you know like the sort of treats you get at the fairground, and and again she's like, really, okay, really, <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> really, like I hardly ever see you. Like we're now on a trip away, and I great, you're just I like you're just to... in the zone. I like I don't want a menu <laughs> chat, babe. <laughs> yeah. Partners all over the country. Exactly. Partners and children of chefs. (laughs) And your wife, is she in the business as well? Yeah, we're kind of a family business. So my my sister-in-law, she's a farmer now. So she was a nurse for years and now she's retrained to look after animals which says it's much nicer than looking after people right I can imagine yeah Charlotte and your dad's a proper like sort of like science nerd dude oh god I worry what he said to you he does a a bit of everything so he's uh, he was doing stuff with black no it wasn't black garlic he was was it the apples black garlic in Japanese Korean cooking like really delicious and sweet so you make it by like holding it at like 60 degrees for like six weeks right and it like really slowly caramelizes and it's really delicious and I was like I really want to make that but I just don't know how we'd ever like be able to do it and like, he obviously heard me talk about it said nothing just put some garlic and some apples and a few different things he was experimenting with on t- in a plastic bag on top of the boiler and then like six weeks later he just rocked up in the kitchen just ra- unwrapped these carrier bags and was just like there's your black garlic there's your black apples there's your... and I was like I, and, and honestly he <clears throat> just like it was like umami like it was just like incredible I was just like that's the best black garlic I've ever tasted and he's just like well, it's easy. I don't see what the problem is. You're just like, oh, Made God. On top of the I, I love yeah. you and I hate you at the <laughs> yeah, same no, time. Right. So yeah, and then but then since then he's like, well, we'll just design a machine and we'll make it. So now like that's what he does. Did that's what I mean. So we have a we have we have like four blackening machines. Yeah, he's like the end. dad in yeah. Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I love that. That's exactly <laughs> that exactly yeah. is. He's a great guy. Yeah. How do you find working saying. with your family then? Uh, yeah, I think like your parents. Yeah. Well. I think, like, first you asked me about my wife, and like, we've got a little, we've got a two-year-old daughter, mm. um, and I think like we're a great team because, 
like we kind of work together so like i do this part but like between us like everything gets done and i think we're like a great teamwork i think that's sort of how the family works as well because we all have very different roles yeah. and actually as it's sort of grown they become further apart and actually you don't speak to each other every day like you maybe once did even though you work in within a few yards of each other often because like you're doing different roles and i think sorry sorry did you just say that would be really great no, I not said. To speak to each other. <laughs> Just, I thought no, she meant that would be really great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said that's crazy because you're kind of all yeah. building the same thing. But you're right; everyone kind of has their their role, yeah. like with our team. Nobody yeah. looks out for you like your family. I think that's no. the that's the main thing. You know, you can trust them, and you can fall out as well. You can have crosswords, but they don't really count. Whereas if you have crosswords with someone you're not related to, you have to like fall out and stuff. Whereas you can like get on and do something constructive half an hour later so yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think there's like there is a lot of good things to it and it's and it's something that feels really special when you achieve something together when you go on a mad journey with someone that you know is your person yeah. and you get you know you build a restaurant and a business and you're giving all this love to other people it feels deep <clears throat> it feels good yeah see, see I think like I've got I've got two kids and I've got niece and nephew as well my brother's children and I kind of look at them and think like I don't want to in one way like I don't want to force them into being in the family business that we've built and everything but at the same time like god I'd be so proud yeah, and like, yeah, it means really it mean so it. much so I think like as a parent then you sit back and you're like oh, I don't know it's difficult and maybe you may feel the same Paul I don't know it's difficult <clears> to know what the right thing to do is the last thing you want to do is because I remember being a teenager don't let them know you want them to do it ah <laughs> right? the so, psychology's at yeah, play here you've got to let them think it's their own idea yeah. I suppose you could just get the nieces and nephews and your daughter milking the cows like you had to do yeah I want to ask one last thing, actually, from both of you. What, how do you hope the food world changes in the next, over, over the next few years? Because it's changing all the time. Mm. We've got more women in there. We've got people of colour coming through. Everything is changing. What do you see the next part of our culinary journey to look like? Speaking from my personal experience of how it was, and I would not change my time for anything. Don't get me wrong, it was very very physically mentally demanding the hours but I loved it and it's absolutely shaped me into the person you know it's been a massive part of my life but what's really lovely to see now is when I became a chef it was quite sort of food that you see now the street food and all of that that wasn't there it was pretty much just about like haute cuisine fine dining and not much else if you were if you were a chef so I think now, if you're going into hospitality, it is so diverse. As whatever you want to do, as long as you're doing it well, if you want to open, you know, a shack on a beach serving lobster rolls or, you know, just a nice burger or great sandwiches. But as long as you do something well, I think as a country, we are now really, really appreciative of good food in all its guises, yeah. not just sort of high end. Yes. And then I think for the, the quality of life, for people coming into this industry and something that is at always now, it's, it's top of the agenda priority for us is to show, hopefully in what we do, that you can have an awesome career, but you can also have a great quality of life. It doesn't have to be that old thing of hospitality, all right, unsociable, you know, yeah. really, really sort of mad hours. And I think that that's something that is so important if if it's going to have a proper future because it's yeah. it's tough right now oh, yeah. and mm. and i think that that you know moving forward you know that is you know we're so reliant on just the new you know the young generation young people coming into it 
and I, I th- you know it's tough at the minute but you know hospitality is hold your nerve, I, hold your nerve. Mm. and also there's a lot of good things going on mm. and uh, you know and, and you see it now like the melting pot you know when I moved to London like I say you know it was you know I knew like but it was top well you know the Marco Pierre Whites the Gordons and stuff whereas now you know you could just just there's so much awesome stuff to learn to learn and also, but also as well I think people really appreciate mm. just good quality food in all of its guises whether it's 10 quid for a bowl of incredible chicken wings mm. or a 200 pound tasting I, I'd menu I'd give you 20 quid for that yeah. <laughs> yeah but I'm always sort of you know always glass half full and yeah. it is there is a lot of negativity right now but I would echo quite a lot of that but it's, it's diversity for me I think a good workplace needs to have a diversity of, of people and for too long uh, in the hospitality industry especially it's all men mm-hmm. and I think that leads to this macho environment which is things that I don't like and so my thing's always been this build this business but the legacy wants to be not about mission stars and stuff it's about like the people we bring through and hopefully if you bring enough people through in the right culture you actually change yeah. culture and mm-hmm. you know I, I, I really want to see a world where there's 50% women in the kitchen 50% men but I also think there's so many things that need to happen in order to achieve that especially mm-hmm. around things like what I'd like to see more in terms of like how, how can women come back to work in hospitality having had children and things like mm-hmm. that how do you make socially acceptable working hours so you can bring up kids and still be a great a great chef I think yeah. that's a real challenge yeah. you lose all the skill set from people yeah. and I think the other thing is leaders as well like in our industry it's always been like the person who's best at cooking becomes the head chef yeah. and that just never happened imagine a mechanic if you work for Mercedes and you were a really good mechanic you wouldn't get made CEO of the company would you right, you right. just get paid well to be a mechanic yeah. and I, I think a lot of the time some of the more toxic traits of the industry that get publicised are actually just down to the fact that we don't have good leaders necessarily and people mm. who've been you know they've, they've been promoted for the wrong reasons I think yes. so that would be the change I'd like to see I like that me too I like that and the last thing I want to ask you both is how important is something like Michelin how important are those kind of accolades do you reckon I think I can be a little hypocritical on this because for about 350 days of the year <laughs> you want uh, that start no, no for 350 days a year I don't think about it for a second because yep. we've had a Michelin star at Black Swan for 10 years mm-hmm. roots 5 years or something like so you do like you know the level you're operating at and I'm, I am like I just never even think about it I don't care but yeah. then a few days before the awards oh, come out shit. yeah <laughs> I like, really care shit. I like I really worry about it and like yeah. I want a second star and things like that I, I, th- I think that's quite healthy like it doesn't yeah. dominate yeah. my mind at all yeah. but when you get there or if you sat at the awards it's hard not to be a bit gutted if you haven't won something or whatever yes. but um, that's sort of where I'm at yeah. yeah what do you think Paul? it's a huge part of what it is you know we want you know we and obviously as you know we've got we've got the pub we've got the we've got the sort of um the the mediterranean with the sort of the you know the sourdough pizzas the bar the rooms but like number six is a life's work you know i opened it in 2005 with three of us and michelin star came in 2013 you know the first seven years from from sort of opening to winning the first star was Makita's going to laugh now, but yeah, lots of lots of sort of when it used to come out in January, like holidays, sort of kind of not sort of ruined, but I'd go to the internet cafe in January oh and I'd be refreshing God. the page and I'd be like, Emma. it hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah, Emma, 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 Emma. Emma. Best way I can describe it to you for me, but it is yellow jersey in the Tour de France. It's like Champions League, World Cup. It's yeah. it's something. 
Yeah, um, and, and I there's lots of other sort of, you know, like lists and guides, but in the world, you know, that I grew up in, and certainly when you were working at you know, somewhere like, you know, uh, Royal Hospital Road at Restaurant Gordon mm-hmm. Ramsay, that was the, you Clinical. were driving for that. Yeah. But uh, what I will say, and I can be very proud of, is, is that we've never just cooked for that. No. Yes. We've always stayed true to ourselves. And if that comes, and don't get me wrong, in those first seven years, the to. agony of it not coming yeah. each year is that was like, God. But we've always stayed true to ourselves and built mm-hmm. the businesses. And then it goes back to the TV point. The TV has always been about, you know, I'm in a town where it's already mega famous yeah, for course. Rick Stein. Absolutely. And Rick yeah. Stein's been doing an amazing job there since 1975. Yeah. Going on to GBM, your Saturday kitchens, those TV mm. things have always been to profile what we do. Yes. But yeah, would I, would I love number six to win a second Michelin star? Absolutely. Is that something that me and Chris and sort of like Alice, the restaurant director, talk about? Yeah, of course we do. So what sums it up is when we, the, the day we won the star, I couldn't get to lunch service because the phone was ringing, ringing off oh the hook. God. People like Rene Rezepi, who I've never met, oh still to this day, God. was sending messages oh. through Twitter. And then I finally got onto the service. I just remember being on the pass and pushing like the first plate of food over. And it was like, all of a sudden, we were one of hundreds of thousands of restaurants in the United Kingdom. And at that point, there was about 130 odd one stars. Yeah. And it was, Suddenly. I can't, that feeling was just, and, and also responsibility. Okay, it yeah. was a feeling of responsibility. And, mm. and that's why, you know. And pride. Pride, every, like yes. everything. Yes. And I think it's good to have those ambitions. Mm. Some people celebrated don't... by your peers, it's a big yeah. deal. Mm. It's like being in the elite group of yeah. anything, you know. So nowadays, Michelin is like a quite a glitzy award ceremony and they yeah. announce all the new stars and you go up and you have your picture. Ooh. Great, lovely. Back then, it wasn't. You used to download a PDF <laughs> at 11 o'clock. God. So you'd be there refreshing Buzz the wedge, kill. babe. Oh and then you'd download this, and then there's like all the restaurants in the country. And then it'd just have a tiny little it? emblem. So you'd be like going through, and you're like, well, where do we come under? Are we in York? Or are we in like here? And you're trying to find yourself. And then you get you there, you're like, oh, I haven't got it. Or, <laughs> oh, then no. you have, and, but then you get like a ruler, and you're making sure that's next to your yeah. name. So it's, it's so small. Oh, it was like so un- okay. glamorous. I was in an so internet glamorous. cafe. Adele. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Oscars. Pay, pay for an hour's internet. <laughs> Refreshing. Then okay, well, can I have another hour, please, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I whilst on whilst on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ever, ever, ever. Every holiday she's ever taken with you. Every other chef's wife, partner, yeah. whoever lives. True say it, actually. This is for them. For the chefs. For the partners. For the partners. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. It's so lovely seeing you, boys. Thank you for coming. I love. Can I? I just want to say though that actually I love working with both of you, and it's a really a joy to finally cook you some food. And to have you in our home makes me very, very happy indeed. Genuinely, truly. And I'll just end on something genuine, truly. Obviously, great British menu, big for you. You're a game changer for that show. Come on! Oh, thank you. Oh. I mean it. I mean so it. I think it's, uh, it's been, you know, something like that that's so iconic, been going such a long time. And now that whole... That whole thing now is awesome, and you in the kitchen is is just brilliant. Change the brilliant. Change the dynamic. Hasn't yeah, it? I, I love it. I love the crack we have. I love the so what we do and we? stuff like that. You know, you're an absolute game changer for GBM. Very. Yeah. yeah, you're so invested. I think everyone has like a superpower, but I've always thought of you, Andy, is you bring energy 
to the room. Mm-hmm. And I think like on a TV show, sometimes, believe it or not, it is grueling and and I yeah. always I always say to my wife when I ring her on an evening after filming, I'm always just like I'm so glad I'm doing it with Andy because like you're so invested in it, like you actually really care. And and I think often it can be that it's a job for people and you go back to the dressing room in between each set and you never actually talk to each other whereas you're like, What was it like? Yeah. What's going on? Do you think we ought to put our arm around that person and, and see if they're okay? She, she, and, she looked like she was gonna cry. Yeah. <laughs> and like do you really th- you think we ought to point them in a different direction with that? Or that was incredible. Mm. And that like, is just so much energy you feel like you're really like helping yeah. and part of something and, and like um so I think you know that the dynamic has shifted in that show and I think that's better for the audience but I think that's all your energy that's done it. Boys thank you so much thank for saying you. that to my mum. I told you they were nice. I knew they would because I knew Paul was great because obviously we went to number six, his restaurant in Cornwall. But I've never met Tommy and and, uh, what a charming lad. I really like the way he talks about what he's doing. Yeah. And it comes from like proper soul of a deep place. So do you see what I'm saying about both of them? They do this incredibly high-end food that is, you know, all these accolades and Michelin stars and all that stuff. But they're such soulful people. Yes. Like when I ask them about, you know, what they want our industry what they want to do what their legacy what they want their legacy to do all the things that they said are so beautiful it's all about nurture and team and the people they work with and all of that building to create these incredible plates of joy and create a a new industry yeah they didn't need to say we're trying to change the industry like this what they're doing and what they're focused on will change the industry and is changing the industry that's how the world does change yes conversation by conversation step by step little by little bit by bit you make your corner of the world the nicest the kindest the warmest the best place it can be and then you take it from there yeah and i feel like tommy and paul are two men who do that all the time with everything they do and i feel really proud that i work with them and that i've got a that they're colleagues of mine as well as friends of mine and now i'm really glad you've met them it's nice what they said about you as well isn't it that was kind (laughs) of cool i was like oh shit okay that was really and it's so important though because i can say that to you but you know i don't think you ever thought that that all the chefs of the country would be your peers and your friends and to know that that you're driving change in 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 their industry which is now yours it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing to see mum so thank you Paul thank you Tommy thank you for being everything I wanted you to I'm going to take you to the Black Swan we've been to Paul's I'm going to take you to Tommy's because you're going to absolutely love it yes please hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? 
we wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.